All right, if you guys have your Bible, you can turn to Revelation chapter 19, uh, verses 11 through 16. We're going to begin with this prayer, and then I'm going to, if you guys will pray that with me, and then we'll, I'll read the scripture, and then we'll, we'll see where we go from there. This actually um, isn't a long sermon, but in, in that thinking about like the length of sermon doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit uh, uses it more or less if it's longer or shorter, and so this is just what we've got today. So, glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Blessed are the readers, hearers, and keepers of this word. Revelation nineteen eleven through 16 Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, the one Sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. He he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with an iron rod. He will tread the the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So I've been pretty excited to preach this scripture for a while now. In fact, I've, I've had, I was telling Karina before service, I've had notes on it for up to six months, just kind of preparing for it. And um, I've been excited in part, well, in large part, because of my past experience with this section of scripture and my new formed thoughts on it, um, that it that didn't originate with me, but uh, they came actually from this prayer that we've prayed as a family for uh, every day in our, just about every day in our house for the last few years. And we pray it here as well. And the, the prayer is this, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. And when we pray that, I always think, uh, well, I often think, as God is now, he was in the beginning and will be forever. Or as Jesus was in the beginning, he is now and he will be forever. And it it reminds me of Jesus' character, who he is, and he said that he's unchanging and he's unwavering, and that's who he is. The, The picture of Jesus in Revelation isn't different from the picture that we get in the Gospels of Jesus. Just as the Old Testament God isn't a different God than the New Testament. Many have suggested that, and it's just simply not true. And uh, the picture that I've seen painted of this Jesus, particularly in this scripture, has been um, a little bit of a different Jesus. And in, in the, it says in John 1, 1, one of my favorite verses, it says, in the beginning is the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And here again, we see that His name is the Word of God. He is faithful and true, and He is the Word of God. This is Jesus. We are speaking of Jesus. He's not a new Jesus, like an end of times version of Jesus. It is Jesus who was and is and will be forever. And I I say that because from the very beginning of time, whenever we see Jesus in the Bible, his character is flawless and he is complete in who he is. It's not like um, 
we, we can know everything about Jesus, but we are learning about him over time. But his character has never changed. He, it doesn't mean he's changing. It means the picture that we have of him is, uh, is seen over time. And, and not only that, but he is the best picture that we get of God in the Bible. The best picture that we have of Jesus that we can, uh, is his death, burial, and resurrection. This is the best picture. And then not only that, but we see how Jesus treats people how Jesus feels about people, His desires for them, and the lengths that God is willing to go to rescue His people, and His desire for us to avoid the final war that are best seen in Jesus. Like, all of these pictures are best seen here. In fact, if we're to be at this war, I hope we are one of the riders in white behind Him. But for the last 15 years or so, I've heard a lot of teachings on Revelation 19, that uh, like that, that have taught like this is the truest form of Jesus. We finally see him. He's no longer this meek and mild guy who walks the earth full of peace and love. He is uh, no longer that guy, but he's here to kick butt and take names and crush the earth and wipe him out. And that this is the truest form of Jesus. Like the the this picture given here has been uh, given different by different people over different times and different teachers that I've listened to over the years named like, this is Rambo Jesus. This is Rambo Jesus. This is the Jesus that goes in and just takes everybody out. Or like one, one pastor has called him Thug Jesus. Or another pastor has called him MMA Jesus. And it'll give you a picture of what he's really like. Like don't mess with him because he will wipe the floor with you. Like it's an amped up version of Jesus with tattoos and blood. And more like... Uh, our traditional view of like a hero on a white horse than uh, maybe we saw in like the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And yet, as, as I've thought about it, like what's kind of changed my view on this is this prayer, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. It's changed this view for me that he's not some, he's not some thug Jesus or Rambo Jesus. He's not a new version of Jesus. He is the same, and we get to see him in light of what he's already revealed to us in the scriptures. And this is also a part of his character that he's already shown. It takes true determination and grit to die for the sins of the world when you didn't commit them, right? But that doesn't turn him into a Rambo-type Jesus. It just doesn't. The picture that I've been given is a, it's actually a super hyper-masculine Jesus, like He's just all man all the time. And it's some like, and this isn't, and Jesus isn't some hyper-masculine being. He is Jesus. He just gets to be himself. And he's not this Rambo Jesus or anything like that. As he was in the beginning, he is now, and he will be forever. We see him as victorious, but we've seen him in this form for a long time. Since we've believed in him and what he's done for us on the cross. Since that time, we've known He's victorious. And as we come to a spot where it shows that Jesus is victorious, we have to ask, especially a spot like this in Revelation where it's full of allegory and word pictures and all that kind of stuff, we have to say, how have we seen Jesus fight and win in the past? We've seen Jesus sacrifice Himself, go to the cross for us, and rise from the dead. And, and I would say this, this is the same Jesus. I believe we can see pictures of Jesus in the Old Testament, 
This is the same Jesus who was there, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who spoke the word into existence with the power of his word. This is the same Jesus who wrestled with with Jacob, and at the end of that wrestling match, touched his socket, and, and Jacob walked with a limp and changed his name to Israel. This is the same Jesus who I, I firmly believe walked in the fiery furnace and kept Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from being scorched up forever. This is the same Jesus who we're talking about. But it's also the same Jesus who in the, in the New Testament told Matthew, the tax collector, to leave behind his uh, tax collecting and come and follow him. It's the same Jesus who, after fishing with uh, Peter, James, and John, said, lower your nets on the other side. And they caught a whole bunch of them. And then they left their fishing nets behind because Jesus said, come with me and be fishers of men. And they did. It's the same Jesus also who we have seen a fiery side of Jesus as well, who came in and he flipped out tables. He flipped over tables and drove out money changers who were making God's house a den of thieves. We've seen this same Jesus many times because this is, and not only that, but it is the same Jesus who wept when he learned of his friend's Lazarus death. And, and he wept because when he saw how grieved his Lazarus sisters were, it made him sad. And then he also is the same Jesus who, like as children were coming up to him and people were trying to shoo the children away because Jesus isn't too important. He said, this is what it's like for this is what we need to come to him as, like little children, because that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so this is the, the same Jesus that we see over and over again that begged his friends to pray with him in the Garden of Gethsemane as he prayed to the point of sweating blood. And then not only that, he walked out to amuse, uh, acute, uh, meet his accusers head on, not with fists and swords and tattoos and blood dripping, but he came um, with an attitude of love and forgiveness. And it's the same Jesus I cried out that uh, I believe in compassion because he knew that they were deceived by the ways of this world, their idols that we've been talking about that have been destroyed in the unjust ways. Jesus from the cross said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They don't know what they're doing, Lord. Please forgive them. And this is the same Jesus who will wipe away our every tear, not because he doesn't like crying, but because Jesus knows what it's like to have the constant ache of grief mingled with our lives. And he doesn't want that for us forever. The Jesus of this passage must not be a new or, and better or a no more Mr. Nice Guy Jesus because Jesus was and is and will be forever. As he was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. And as I've heard this passage preached too many times, as this is a sort of a new kick-butt Jesus, but it's simply not. It's the same Jesus we've been worshiping forever. In, the, in His way, Jesus has been kicking, the butt, uh, uh, kicking butt forever, and He will do it once and forevermore. But it's never removed for His kindness, His love, His desire uh, for His enemies to repent. Many have tried to force this view on us like the blood on Jesus' robe was the blood of his enemies. It is not the blood of his enemies that is on this robe. It, this is the blood that makes, um, that makes those who ride with him pure and white. It's the blood that we sing, sung about before uh, this, this 
sermon, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This blood that is Jesus' robe is drenched in is Jesus' cleansing and healing blood. This blood is significant. The blood on his robe, it starts before the battle starts, if you notice it. Prior to getting to the war, Jesus has already defeated sin and Satan and death, and he didn't do it by shedding their blood. That's how idols act. He won it by shedding his own blood. Jesus secured victory for himself and for us by going to the cross, willingly laying down his life so that he might rescue us once and forevermore. He is the Lamb of God who has taken away the sins of the world. His victory is already secure because of the blood on his robe. And I love that this isn't the blood of his enemies as if he's just beat him up. It's his blood. And this is what makes those behind him in the battle able to be arrayed in fine linen, white and pure. And I'm hoping that we get to be a part of this battle. I'm hoping that we get to be there in these moments. And in this place, we will be seen or get to show all the deceivers, all those who have lied to us, all the antichrist, all the ones who worshiped idols and who said there's no way God can forgive you and change you and make you different. They will see us for who we truly are in Christ and that we are pure, spotless, and holy. We claim that Jesus has made us whole and that Jesus has made us holy. And he takes our unclean garments and he gives us these new white garments that are cleansed by his blood. So this battle was won with his broken body and his shed blood for you and for me. And in that we are dressed in white because of the work already done by Jesus. One day we will see it in full, but for now we receive it by faith. Because just as Jesus has been, he is now and he will be forever. Now in this picture here in uh, Revelation chapter 19, again this isn't new, but we get a picture of Jesus ruling. We see him strike down the nations that he will tread the winepress of the fury of God, of the wrath of God. And this shows us that Jesus' victory is absolutely secure. It's here, it's mentioned here to build up our faith so that when we go through hard times, we will just know that it's secure. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He will not let Satan, idols, lies, sin deceive us and ruin us anymore. He has the power to cast those things away forever and ever so that we might never fall prey to their traps again. Jesus will not let sin have its way forever. Amen. There will be a once and for all end to sin and its effects. And we will see that sin will be no more. Tears will be no more. Sickness, disease, death will be no more. His rule of love This rule of love that he has is a rule of iron. It's a strong rule that will not be torn down. He will not allow evil and idolatry to gain even a foothold in his kingdom. Jesus told us that he is God. He told us that he has come to take away the sins of the world. And here we have a picture of it. He has done this. For uh, for us on this side of history, we get to receive this by faith. And I pray that we may believe this, that Jesus is King and that Jesus is Lord. So this has been my prayer for us this week, actually for, for a while, but that we may receive the gifts that Jesus has for us. 
Let us walk in the faith that his victory is secure because of the things that he's already done for us, because of who he is for us. Even though we have yet to see it in fullness, it is secure because of the Jesus that we already see and know and at work in our life. Jesus is King and He is Lord. His broken body and His shed blood and the forgiveness and grace that that has provided, the love that He has for you and for me is proof enough for us to live forevermore in His victory. So let us walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus, I pray that um, we may see you as victorious as you really are. Lord, we thank you for this picture. We thank you for your, your uh, steadfastness and character. And God, I pray that you will just allow us to see you in um, uh, not a new way as if you're changing, but Lord, that our hearts may change to see you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.